Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. In Greensburg, Kansas, you can visit the nation's largest and one of the world's largest hand-dug wells. In the 1880s, as the railroads made their way across Kansas, they needed a reliable source of water for the steam engines, so they started digging. And a team of men dug using hand tools, shovels, picks, half barrels, pulleys, and rope, and they made their way downward as they lined the well with limestone rock until they finally hit water. They finished the well. The finished well is more than 100 feet deep and more than 30 feet in diameter. Took enormous effort to reach the water, but they did not give up. They kept digging until they hit water and it produced lasting results. Proverbs 20 verse 5 says, The purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but the one who has insight draws them out the one who is willing to dig draws out the good purposes because there's so much stuff on the surface I mean you can find anything on the surface there's so much that's just one click away one channel away one thought away there are plenty of people who have no idea what they're talking about but they're more than willing to give you a piece of their mind Uh, but God's purposes and good thinking are not on the surface. Wise counsel is not on the surface. It's like water from a deep well, and it takes some intentionality. It takes some digging to draw it out. I'm excited to start a new series we're calling Rethinking Your Life, where God is going to renew our minds. We're gonna let God renew our minds as we learn to think like Jesus. Before we get into it, I just welcome all of you today. So glad that you're here. Happy Father's Day to all the dads. Uh, We need dads more than ever right now. We need you more than ever. Here's my message to the dads this weekend. You are not who your past mistakes say you are. You are not who your insecurities say you are. You are not who culture says you are. You are who God says you are. Receive your identity as a Christ-following man of God. Keep leading your family Uh, in wisdom and truth keep laying down your life for your family let your kids see you on your knees humbled before God trusting him in him to guide you and lead you and good grief eat something good this weekend so God fathers we love you and happy father's day and hey come on would you 1015 put your hands together let's welcome everyone watching online for this service yeah hey guys So today is not a Father's Day message, but as I worked on it, uh, the more convicted I felt as a father because our thinking determines so much of who we are, and it determines really so much of our influence on the people around us. Nothing compares to the power of your thinking. Nothing compares to the power of your brain. It's the most complex organ in your body. Your brain contains 100 billion neurons. It records 800 memories a second. It can store 100 trillion thoughts. But the most important thing about the human brain is this. You can communicate with God because you've been given the brain that God gave you, the mind that God gave you. You see, animals have instincts. Human beings have thoughts. 
Animals can only have an instinct about what's right in front of them in the moment, but they can't think about a thousand years ago. They can't think about a hundred years into the future. They can't think about life after death, but you can because you have thoughts. The only reason you even create creative thoughts is because you're made in the image of your creator who thinks creative thoughts. And the greatest gift that God gave you as a human being is the ability to know God through that brain, through your mind. It's the greatest gift you've been given as a human being to be able to know God. In fact, you may not realize this, but you are always on God's mind. Psalm 139, 17 through 18, how precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. You're not always thinking about God, but God is always thinking about you. And the thought capacity you've been given to know him is because he wants to have a relationship with you. I I love this. What a wonderful word. When I wake up tomorrow, God, am I still with you? Yes, you are. You're still with me. We're still together. So today I'm introducing this series and I'm going to give just some baseline truths that we need to know that we can build from there. I want to give you six pillars for this series that we're going to build on uh, throughout the rest of it and uh, just reasons why I need to think about what I think about. And the first reason I need to think about what I think about is because any change I want to make in my life, if you're taking notes, write this down, it must start in my mind. Your life is determined by what you think. If you think bad thoughts, you'll have a bad life. If you think dumb thoughts, you'll have a dumb life. If you think smart thoughts, you'll have a smart life. Think thankful thoughts, you'll have a grateful life. Think generous thoughts, you have a generous life. Think encouraging thoughts, you have an encouraging life. You are what you think about. So your thoughts, they do, they control, they shape, they drive, they run your life. So be careful what you think. We choose what we think about. One of the reasons we're doing this series is because we need to exercise that choice much more often. Many of the problems in life, most of your problems in life come because you're allowing other people to put thoughts in your mind instead of choosing them yourself. We let other people suggest thoughts. The media suggests thoughts. Radio suggests thoughts. Television, books, magazines, Netflix documentaries, enemies, Satan. Filter thoughts through our mind. And when you don't choose your thoughts, you're going to end up with a lot of wrong, hurtful, self-defeating, self-destructive thinking. We need to be intentional about what gets our attention. Nobody is forcing you to think the thoughts that cause you to be afraid or that cause you to be insecure. You can take control of your thoughts. Why let untrustworthy, ungodly people determine what you think? Change the channel. Do something different. Romans 12, 2 puts it this way. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Notice you're either being conformed or you're being transformed. You're being conformed, meaning that your thinking is just another cookie-cutter thinking from the world. You're being conformed to the pattern 
of the world's thinking or you're being transformed by the renewing of your mind, by rethinking your life, by letting God renew your mind. Since my thoughts control my life, any change I want to make for good or for bad starts in my mind. Change starts in the brain, not in your behavior. It starts inside of you, not outside of you. Did you know that your thinking determines the way you feel? A lot of times we try to change our feelings, but that does not work. Have you noticed that your feelings are quite resistant to your will? That you don't want to feel a certain way, so you try to force yourself not to feel that way, but you still do. I can't command my son to stop crying, but I can get him to think about something else. And then when he does that, he stops. Feelings, many, many times, are uncontrollable. But you can control your thoughts, and your thoughts determine your feelings. If you're feeling fearful, it's because you're thinking fearful thoughts. If you're feeling angry, it's because you're thinking angry thoughts. Feeling bitter, it's bitter thoughts. You can't change the feeling, but you can change the thought, and then you'll feel a whole lot better. All right, let's just parallel this. If you're sitting at home watching TV, and there's a commentator, a TV news commentator on there whom you totally disagree with, and you're getting more and more and more frustrated, more frustrated with them, how do you get rid of that frustration? You say, I'm not going to be frustrated about this today. I'm not going to be frustrated. You're not going to make me frustrated. I'm not going to get frustrated. No, you turn the channel. And the same is true with your mind. I don't want to lust. Then change the channel. I don't want to be bitter. Change the channel. We're trying to resist it when really we need to refocus don't resist it, refocus. Jonah 2.7, I love this passage. It says, when I had lost all hope, I turned my thoughts once more to the Lord. Have you ever been in a hopeless situation and turned your thoughts to God and all of a sudden you are more hopeful? Come on, this is our memory verse for this week. Read it out loud with me. When I had lost all hope, I turned my thoughts once more to the Lord. Jonah 2, 7. If you take that verse, you write it down, you make it your memory verse. God's spirit can bring it to mind when you're feeling hopeless. But we've got to get back upstream to make the changes that are necessary downstream. If you try to change your actions, it doesn't work. You try to change your feelings, it doesn't work. I'm still hurt. I'm still mad. I'm still upset. I'm still envious. You got to rethink. That's the, that's the first truth we're looking at this weekend. The second is every behavior is based on a belief. Growing up, one of the favorite shows in our house was America's Funniest Home Videos, AFV. And if you were to watch AFV with my parents, and I did not clear this story with them, but it's Father's Day, so here's a dad quote for you and a, and a dad story, okay? But if you were to watch AFV with my parents, you would hear my mom laugh uncontrollably, and you would hear my dad saying, what did they think was going to happen? <laughs> Someone puts a ladder up against the tree branch they're wanting to cut down. They cut it down. The obvious ensues. He says, what did they think was going to happen. So I knew growing up when I did something AFV dumb, when my dad said to me, what did you think was going to happen? And one time I said, I wasn't thinking. And he said, I would recommend it. <laughs> I almost titled the message that today, thinking, I would recommend it. But all behavior is based on a thought. It's based on a belief. Anytime you see someone doing stupid, something stupid or dumb, right or wrong, good or bad, it's because they have a belief beneath that. 
All of your behavior is based on spoken or oftentimes unspoken beliefs. If I'm acting scared, it's because I'm believing something scary. If I'm acting resentful, it's because I believe that I have been devalued and I'm so I'm going to defend myself with resentment. If I'm acting prideful, it may be because I secretly believe that I'm not good enough and so I'm trying to compensate by being boastful or being proud. Behind every behavior is a belief. Do you know what the beliefs are? And if there's something in your life that you do that you don't like that you do it, or a feeling in your life that you don't like that you feel, you need to go to the source and change the thought that's producing that action, producing that feeling. Change the idea in your mind. Why do I act a certain way I do with a certain person? Why do I try to control this relationship, this situation, this circumstance? There is a belief behind that behavior. Now, you've probably never had this happen, but let's say that you're in a conflict with your spouse. (laughs) And you're disagreeing with your spouse about something, and you're actually having an okay disagreement. And you're being logical, and you're being adult, and you're seeing both sides. And then all of a sudden, something in the disagreement triggers, and all of a sudden, emotions are engaged. Walls are being built, and it's just the emotional intensity went to 10 in a matter of two seconds. And you're looking at me like that's never happened. Come on, don't leave me hanging out to dry up here, please. You're upset, you're nervous, you're fearful, you're sweating, your voice goes up, tears are coming down. What in the world is going on there? If you've ever been in a situation like that, you need to ask this question. The question is, what am I believing right now? What am I believing right now? Because something just triggered an unspoken belief that is producing that emotion, that feeling. And you got to find what that belief is. Maybe the belief is that you, you fear they're going to leave you, that you may believe that you haven't been heard, that you're losing control, that your idea hasn't been validated, that you haven't been treated with respect, that what happened in a past relationship is beginning to happen in this relationship. You're believing something that all of a sudden has triggered this response. Do you even know what that is? And it's why a lot of times in conflict, we'll say, what was the fight about? We don't even know what the fight was about. Because it's not about what's happening right there. It's about an unspoken belief, an unspoken fear that's happening on the inside. But this is how you grow. You grow by examining what's going on in your mind. And the truth is when you actually do that, you discover the real reason behind the behavior. You discover the real reason why you didn't want to tell your spouse what you didn't want to tell them. You discover the real reason why you didn't communicate to your boss. You discover the real reason of what has affected the conflict, affected the behavior. The Bible says this in Proverbs 14, 15. The simple, they'll believe anything. Believing anything affects your behavior. But the prudent give thought, give thought to their steps. That they think about what are the steps that are causing this, this thing. You've got to think about what you're thinking about. Because it's affecting your emotions, your actions, every behavior is based on a belief. Third truth we'll look at today is that anytime I sin... At that moment, I'm believing a lie. Why? Because Satan is the tempter. He's the father of lies. And your nature can't get you to do anything. It's not going to let you do anything that you don't believe is the the truth. So those kinds of things will come at you. And this is especially important for us to understand that anytime I'm sinning or being tempted to sin, I'm being told a lie. I need to stop and ask, what's the lie that's going on here? 
Test pilots have a litmus test for evaluating problems. So they say that when a pilot gets into the cockpit, that the moment they sit down in that cockpit, they lose 30 to 40 IQ points. It's just because of the pressure and the perspective. It's like when you get in the hot seat on who wants to be a millionaire, you're never dumber than in that moment because of just the environment, the scenario. And so test pilots have a litmus test for how they're going to address and evaluate problems. And when something goes wrong, they ask, is this thing still flying? And if the answer is yes, there's no immediate danger. There's no need to overreact. So when Apollo 12 took off, the spacecraft was hit by lightning. The entire console lit up with orange and red trouble lights and warning lights. And there was the temptation for them to do, I've got to do something. I've got to do something. And there was the temptation to overreact. But the pilots asked themselves, is this thing still flying? Is it still flying in the right direction? And they let the lights glow and they addressed the individual problems and watched the lights blink out. But that's something to think about when you're in a high pressure situation is to think first, then act. Because when Satan tempts you, he wants you to feel like I've got to do something now. He always moves up the deadline. We got to make this decision now. I've got to feel better now. We need to act now. He doesn't want you to stop and think Is there a lie I may be believing? When Satan tempts you, he always uses the exact same process. And I'll teach you this process in this series. But I'll give you one step today. And that step is deception. Where he gets you to doubt what God has said said is true. And start believing that what you feel is true. The enemy wants you to believe that what you feel is the truth. And every time we sin, it's because we have believed a lie. And if you want to stop a a habitual habit in your life, then you've got to get to the root of it. You've got to get to the lie and uproot it. uh, Uproot the thought that I'll be more happy if I do what God says don't do. That I'll be more wealthy. That I'll be more fulfilled. If you understand this, it's going to stop giving sin such control in your life. It's going to stop giving the bad habit such control. What am I believing right now that isn't true? Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. Have you ever seen someone who continues to keep on doing something self-defeating, self-destructive, even though it's killing them? Yes, we've all seen that. Why? Why do they continue to do it? Because in that moment, they're believing a lie. Outside the box, you're able to see the truth. They don't see it. They're believing a lie about their addiction, about their problem. Verse 12 again in the ICB says, some people think they are doing what's right, but what they are doing will really kill them. And one common lie that we often believe, one thing that we think is right, is we think that whenever I'm tempted, it's because something out there is tempting me. That we tend to think that temptation is something external, like it's out there in society, and if it wasn't there, then I would not be tempted. James 1 comes along, says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person, but each person is tempted, this is how it happens, when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. It goes on, then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. 
It starts, with a, it starts with a magnet internally. It's not an external problem. It's an inter, a magnet to be drawn to something, a magnet to pull together. It has to have something to be pulled toward. So if there wasn't any magnet in your heart, you wouldn't even be tempted by what it was. So don't blame the fact that there's metal right there. Address the magnet in your mind, in your heart. That it, I need to solve this problem. I need to rethink why am I attracted and drawn so hard to this thing. So again, when I start to be tempted, I need to stop and ask the question, what is the lie that I'm believing that keeps taking me into this behavior? Because the fourth truth is an unseen war is going on in and for my mind. National Geographic tells the story of a lady who bought a boa constrictor and the boa constrictor stopped eating food shortly after she brought it home. Stopped eating food for a long period of time. So she took the boa constrictor to the vet because she thought it was sick. The doctor started examining the snake and began asking some questions. Where does the snake sleep? In a tank. Where do you put the tank that the snake sleeps in? Oh, in my bedroom. Do you ever take the snake out and play with it? Oh, all the time. I love Betsy the boa. I take her out. I take her out and we play all the time. In fact, I sleep with her sometimes. He says, have you ever woken up in the middle of the night and the snake is stretched out next to you? Yeah, that happened the other night. I woke up and the snake was stretched out right beside me. He said, okay, two things you need to learn about a boa. One is they starve themselves when they find prey that's bigger than them that they want to eat. The second thing is you need to know about a boa is they stretch their body to handle meals that are bigger than them. So I've got good news and bad news. The good news is your boa is not sick. The bad news is your boa is preparing to eat you. <laughs> Do you know anyone that forgets a snake is a snake? An animal is an animal? I, don't email me, but a dog is a dog. Here's my point. The devil is a devil. He's trying to devour you. Don't bring him into your bedroom. Don't let him have a seat at your table. Don't pull him out and sleep with him. He's trying to devour your relationships. He's trying to devour your marriage. He's trying to devour your influence, your witness. There is an unseen war going on in and for my mind. Do not invite him in. Now God, here's the good news, God has given you everything you need to overcome the enemy in this war. And next week we're going to talk about how to do that, but today I'll give you two, two weapons, the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. These two weapons you have to win the war in and for your mind. The first is you need God's Holy Spirit inside of you because without him, you're defenseless. You can't control your mind. Your mind has a mind of its own. Without Jesus Christ, your mind is defenseless. Romans 8, 6 says, letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. What a promise, what a truth. This is why we need Jesus in our life. This is why we need Christ in us by way of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit inside of us, God's Spirit of love inside of us. There's no way you can control the rogue mind that you have. Your sinful nature controls your mind. And it's going to lead to all the wrong places. So I need God's spirit inside of me. The second thing that he's given us is in John 8. It's his word. Jesus says, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. 
Then you will know the truth, and read this part with me, and the truth will set you free. Isn't it interesting how the world loves this second part? But it doesn't like the first. You could go to college and university campuses all around the world and see plastered on the building, the truth will set you free. By my count this week, it's the motto for over 50 colleges, schools, and government institutions. But what they don't put in this verse, or what they don't put on the wall, is that it's his truth. It's his word. His teaching that sets you free. While they say the truth sets you free, they're much more like Pontius Pilate who scoffed, what is truth? There is no freedom without truth. There's no truth without God's word. God is the source of all truth. You cannot separate verse 32 from verse 31. It doesn't add up. It does not make sense. It will not, it will not set you free. God's word sets you free. If you pull them apart, you lose the war in and for your mind. Here's the fifth truth, and the fifth truth is our ultimate goal. So what's my ultimate goal for my mind? It's to learn to think like Jesus. He is the model. Jesus is the model for healthy thinking, happy thinking, holistic thinking, holy thinking. He's the model. Now, here's the good news. Jesus Christ understands all the mental problems that you have. By that, I mean he understands the fears, all of the deceptions, all the difficulties, all the barriers, all the blind spots that we have. Why? Because he's been there. He, he came, he'd been here. He came to earth and lived here. 1 Peter 4, 1 through 2 says, since Jesus went through everything you're going through and more, learn to think like him. So it's not like he's suggesting that we think like Jesus who never had a problem, who never was stressed, who never was discouraged, who never had a conflict, who never had an enemy, who never had people against him. No, he says, since Jesus went through everything you're going through and more, learn to think like him. And then boom, here's an example of how that, how that works. Change, changes the way you think about suffering. Think of your sufferings as a weaning from that old sinful habit of always expecting to get your own way. Then you'll be able to live out your days free to pursue what God wants instead of being tyrannized by what you want. Freedom, freedom is not doing whatever you want to do. That's tyranny. Freedom is being able to do what is right. So my goal is to learn to think like Jesus, who was completely free, so free in fact that he never sinned. My goal is to think like Jesus to the point that I am now free. Because how many times have you wanted to do the good thing? Wanted to do the right? Like, that's what you really desired, but you couldn't do it. Why? Because you were enslaved. We weren't free enough to do it. True freedom is being able to think like Jesus and do what is right. We're going to do a whole message uh, where we look at the characteristics of thinking like Jesus. I'm really looking forward to it. I think you'll really uh, enjoy it. It'll be very impactful. But let's go to the sixth truth. And that is that rethinking my life to match how Jesus thinks, uh, there's a word for this. It's called repentance. So that's what this whole series is about, is repentance. And when I say the word repent, I don't know what comes to your mind. You may think, you may need to rethink the word repent. 
In the Bible, it's the Greek word metanoia. Meta means to uh, about or change. It's a reverse, like a U-turn. Noia comes from the word for your mind. So do you know what the word repent means? It means to change your mind, to change your mind. And a lot of people think the word repent means stop doing bad stuff. It does not mean that. That's the fruit of repentance. That's the result of repentance. The prodigal son repented the moment he wrote that letter and rethought his life, rethought his view of his dad and decided to go back home. That's repentance. When he had a rethinking of his life and who his father was. It's the most positive change in the world, turning from darkness to light, from hopeless to hopeful, to change your mind about death, to change your mind about the purpose of life, to change your mind about love. To, to, repentance was when all of a sudden I... I used to think God did not love me, but I realize he does. Repentance is a lifestyle where I more and more and more begin to think like God does and less and less and less begin to, less and less think like the world does. Acts 3.19 uh, in the Amplified Verse. Th- this, you want this whole sermon in one verse? Here it is. So repent. Change your inner self, your old way of thinking, and Return to God seek his purpose for your life so that your sins may be wiped away blotted out completely erased so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord restoring you like a cool wind on a hot day would you bow your heads pray with me just pray in your heart and mind right now say God, I want to be close to you. I want to be close to you again. Lord, this is the cry of my heart that you will renew, refresh, revive my relationship with you. God, bring revival in my life through this series. God, I want to change my mind. I've allowed a lot of the world into my mind, a lot of worldly thinking that's not correct. It's not right. I want the truth to set me free and I realize that truth is you. God, help me to change my mind about you, about life, about what matters most. God, just in this moment right now, just pray to him. God, I yield myself to you right now. Work in my thinking and in my mind and my life this summer through this series, God. If you've never opened your life to Jesus Christ, just turn your mind, your attention to him right now. Say, Jesus Christ, come into my life. I invite you to make yourself real to me. I want to learn your love. I want to know you. I want to learn to think in a way that's true and right. And I realize I can't do that without Jesus. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Father, I pray that this series will be impactful for all of us, that we'll be transformed by the renewing of our minds. It's in the name of Jesus I pray and everybody said, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.